The Corner Table is brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. The apartment dwellers now have the little worm boxes that you can compost right under your sink. That is a great, great way to get, get involved. I just say do it, do what you can with whatever resources you have. Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison. This is a weird thing to say, but I'm kind of obsessed with food waste. I know it's not super sexy, but it's really important. Americans waste like 40% of the food we produce, and when food scraps go into landfill, they produce greenhouse gas. Fall is the perfect time to talk about compost, because along with eggshells, coffee grounds, and melon rinds, fallen leaves are excellent things to put in a compost pile, and it means they don't go into the lake. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and today on the podcast, I've got Dee Hunter from Rooted Curbside Compost. I wanted to talk to Dee about who is composting, why it's important, and how composting is poised to grow in the Madison area. Stay tuned. Welcome, Dee. Thank you. So you are from Rooted Curbside Compost. I am. Can you give us a quick introduction? Uh, Rooted Curbside Compost is a company that comes in each week to take your scraps away. And we take them to our farm in Barneville, Wisconsin, and turn them into compost. We have a pumpkin pumpkin patch, uh, beef cattle, and we're we're hoping to grow large enough to then turn our compost uh, for sale to our customers as well. About how many customers do you have? Right now we're just about 100 people, both residential and commercial. What kind of scraps are you taking away? We are taking every fruit, vegetable, eggshells, coffee grounds, coffee filters. Uh, uh, some of the your to-go containers now are compostable, so we are taking those as well. Newspapers. Um, Newspapers, really? Yep. I didn't know that. Shredded. We, oh, They yeah, have to be yeah, shredded, yeah. but we will take shredded papers, paper toweling, things of those. Now, I don't put bread or anything with fat in it into my compost because I don't want it to smell bad and I don't want animals coming into my backyard that I did not invite there. <laughs> that is a great idea. We, we on the other hand, will take small amounts of uh, buns, bread, scraps of that nature. Not, not large, but small. And we also do not take uh, fish, meat, or dairy. Is it a is it a, like the quality of the compost thing, or is it a smell thing? It's both a smell and a rodent attraction. Oh. We don't want rodents and animals coming in. We're in the country, and our compost is quite large, and we don't want to be attracting all those varmints into the pile. That seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why, why did you want to get into composting? What attracts you to it? Uh, helping, helping our landscape is the biggest thing. Our landfills are in a terrible place right now with, I forget the exact percentage, but a large percentage of compostable items are going into the landfill when we can be taking those and composting them ourselves and adding to our landscapers, our farmers, our gardens, putting them in a better place. Absolutely. And that's bad for the environment to the air quality. and Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
I was thinking about composting at this time of year in part because my CSA box is super full at this time of year. (laughs) And sometimes I get to all that cabbage and sometimes I don't. I'm sorry, Tommy. I don't get to all the cabbage every time. So I wonder, like, have you, do you see an uptick in like the amount of stuff you're getting this time of year because it's overabundance of harvest? Already this year, even just this last week when we did, we typically pick up on Thursdays and a lot of our buckets, apples, Apples are in an abundance right now, and I think a few of our customers must be having apple squeezes because they were having extra buckets full of apple remnants. So yes, absolutely. So you get apple remnants and like a million wasps, I would bet. Unfortunately, <laughs> part of part of the part of the pickup, correct? Yeah, I wonder. Uh, also, I this time of year, as I start thinking about like what's going into my compost pile, I start looking ahead to gathering leaves and putting leaves in my compost. Do you guys do that, or is that just a backyard compost thing? Uh, nope, that we do that as well. We also uh, we have pigs on our farm, so we take their shavings, which is sawdust and uh, bedding, and we use those as our brown, mixing our browns and our greens, along with grass clippings, leaves. All those are great nutrients to add to your compost pile. I remember being surprised at how much of that sort of, quote, brown material you need. It's like more than the green, right? Correct. Correct. So the ratio is you have to have a lot of leaves per? Uh, not so much a lot. As long as you're trying to keep them, it's, I believe it's three to one. Every time we dump, every Thursday pickup, we then mix our sawdust, our leaves, um, just the sawdust and leaves. Sometimes there's twigs and sticks, smaller things that we'll throw in the compost pile as well to get that brown material. Where does the compost go when you're done with it at this point? At this point, we've just started August 1st was our first. So we hope to have spring compost. And at that point, uh, I don't think we're going to have a lot. And it will stay on the farm with our pumpkin patch and our gardens. It seems to me that with the city of Madison getting rid of its compost pickup, that there's going to be an opening, an opportunity for growth for small businesses doing the kind of work that you do. I think you're correct. And at this time, I believe there's only two other competitors in the market. Um, So yes, there is certainly room for growth for other small businesses looking to get into the same thing. Talk a little bit about the challenges of that growth. What, like, I know a lot of chefs talk about they'd love to compost, but maybe they don't want to pay money to have it taken away, or maybe it's logistically challenging based uh, on how much they have. So what are some of the challenges for you with harnessing that growth? Us right now coming into this new uh, is getting totes, getting containers that are rodent-resistant, re- rodent easy to get in and out of. Uh, we're typically running two people per route, so it needs to be something, the tote needs to be feasible for two people to pick up and load into the truck or trailer. Like how big would the totes be? The totes right now, or right now we're uh, residential is five-gallon buckets. So okay. some of our larger commercial accounts take five to ten five-gallon buckets. Then we've got new commercial accounts that are looking to do with 96-gallon toters which is similar if you're in the city of Madison, what you'd put your trash in. Oh, okay. That's a nat- 96-gallon toter. I never knew that. Yes. So that would be filled up, kept outside with your trash, fill it up. We'll load it up, uh, load it into our trailer, leave a new 96-gallon. This this would strictly be commercial commercial accounts. And that's, that's a struggle. They're expensive. They're kind of hard to come by at this point. And we're looking to go that route I next. suppose you can't probably get old ones from the city of Madison because they would be – 
Like once they're out of commission, they're out of commission. I would assume, you know, they they break down the wheels yeah, and the me- mechanisms. Correct. I've had some that are busted and just thought, well, is it still mostly holding? It is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's and, fine. and for your garbage, it's not a big deal. But mm-hmm. when you're composting, you have all that liquid too. So you want to be able to contain that liquid. Oh, good point. Because that's good for your compost pile. You want to keep it moist. You know, you don't want that drying out. And if you have holes in those totes or your buckets and you're losing those nutrients, you're taking away from your compost. Yeah. And also it's less resistant to the things you don't want in it. Exactly. The rodents <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. I I wonder if you sort of have an overall philosophy of, of composting. Do you think that more people should be composting individually? Do you think that there should be more services like the one that you have? Like when you look into the future of this, what would you like to see? I would like to see everyone obviously partaking, but it's it's difficult. I understand the logistics from the apartment dweller to, you know, someone that just doesn't have the time or the resources to pay for our services. But it's come a long way. I mean, the apartment dwellers now have the little worm boxes that you can compost right under your sink. That is a great, great way to get get involved. I just say do it, do what you can with whatever resources you have. If it's backyard, if it's paying for our service, or if it's the apartment you know, small space living that has to go the worm, the vermicost. Yeah. I was noticing the other day we were out pulling garlic mustard out of our yard because I didn't take care of it last year. (laughs) And we were back there and I noticed that the compost smelled strongly of coffee grounds. Like the only time I ever noticed the compost smelling is coffee grounds. And I wonder if that's a misconception that other people might have that it's going to smell bad or be difficult to handle in their house versus the trash. I, I hope they don't because that's not the case. Um, coffee grounds are great. It really does help uh, keep down the smell, I, I think, especially when we're doing pickups. A lot of our pickups are every other week. So we have rotting food, food that's been sitting for two weeks. You can imagine how that smells. But if they're adding coffee grounds to it, that certainly diverts that, diverts that smell. You've got pigs on your farm. You've got beef. Um, does composting sort of work well within that kind of whole system of a farm? I believe so. Yes, so far, like I said, we're we're new to this large scale uh, operation. Uh, we're hoping that it's really really going to benefit our gardening and our pumpkins, and obviously making it making the compost available to our area farmers, gardeners, anyone that would be of interest. You have about a hundred customers right now, Correct. mostly residential. Mostly residential. We have about 12 commercial accounts. We're working to grow that on that end as well. Do you think it'll be mostly local restaurants that will work with you, grocery stores? Where do you see that growth in terms of your future clients being? I hope to see both, to be honest. Uh, I think we need to get our, like I said, we're, gro- we're growing small or we're trying to grow. And it's a process trying to figure out what the best price is because you are paying to pick up your fruits and vegetables, something you can throw on the trash, which we're hoping you're not going to do, but you can do that. So it's it's someone that has to be aware of the effects on the envir- environment and wants to change that. When the city of Madison was composting, I heard some about people throwing things into the compost that weren't supposed to be there. And that's a consistent thing with recycling too, right? People thinking, it should be recyclable. I'll just put this in there, which is bad. Don't do that. So I wonder if that's a concern for you, if you've seen any of that, of having to like educate some of your clients to be like, oh, hey, you can't actually put that thing in there. It won't break down. Correct. And it is an issue. Unfortunately, it doesn't become an issue until the spring when you start seeing 
cocktail straws and uh, produce stickers thing that ju- and then they're very vibrant or very obvious that they shouldn't have been but when you're mixing everything right now we don't see a lot of it because we our ba- our uh, five gallon buckets are set out with lids and compostable bags so our compostable bags you don't really see what's in when we're dumping into the pile it's not until the spring when it started to break down all and all the things that weren't supposed to be in there are going to be very noticeable are you concerned at all about things like yard waste or invasives? Like that can be an issue with some compost, I think. It certainly can. At this point, I'm not. Where our where our compost pile is located, I think we're sitting very well. Are there some things that have surprised you so far? Like you've been you've been running this since early August, which is relatively recently. But are there things that have already been a surprise? I am very surprised at the amount of contact we have received, and we are not advertising at this point. We haven't done, and I am receiving one to five uh, requests a day. Oh my gosh! Just yes. people emailing you saying, "Hey, can you pick my stuff up?" Right from the right from the website. Wow. Yes. So it's it's great. It's it's great as long as we can keep up with with the requests, and but we're we're doing our best. It sounds like there's a huge need for this. There is. There is. Yeah. My gosh. I I am so I'm so interested to like to hear sort of people's different perspectives on compost. Um I had a friend of mine who was like you put whole like egg, those whole eggshells in there, they'll never break down. And I'm just like, yeah, they probably will eventually. Like I could probably chop them up a little bit more, but I think that the more people see it as something that's fairly simple, just like throwing trash away but in a different bin. That's correct. It just has to be separated. Yeah. And we actually do our pickup with Madison on Thursdays, so it goes out the same day you take your trash to the curb. You put your green rooted curbside compost bucket right next to it. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's really easy. How often do you – so do you pick up for most people like every other week or every week or – We have about half and half. Half of our customers prefer weekly. Those are our larger families that are needing more pickups. Uh, and our smaller families are obviously every other week. Oh, okay. That's a nice mix. Yeah, that sounds great. I wonder uh, if people are interested and they want to hook up with you guys and start getting their compost picked up, how can they find you? RootedCurbsideCompost.com. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. You can find more food and drink news, including a recent Q&A I did with Tara Johnson of the Food Finance Institute at captimes.com. Follow us on Facebook at Corner Table Podcast and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them. I'm your host, Cap Times food writer, Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is an end of summer salad of tomatoes, melon, and pickled spicy peppers with mozzarella from the cookbook Six Seasons. It's my recent obsession. Cheers! The Corner Table has been brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com.